What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Super excited to be with you guys once again, uh, talking some FCS football and what a game we had. A lot of interesting, interesting games over the weekend, and I cannot wait to get into it. Now again, as always, I get the ball rolling. We want to discuss what we saw last week and what we are looking forward to this upcoming week. Um, we will be talking about uh, our attendance uh, at uh, the Dixie State Weaver State game. And, uh, of course, we're always going to provide you guys with what we think is, or, you know, here, I get the ball rolling, I have an awesome team here, Um, what we think really happened over some of these games. So just to name a few, uh, we will get started, or we'll finish off, our our last one is when we'll talk about the Weaver State-Dixie State game, because we were there in attendance. But we're going to jump around the... FCS really quick, go over, over everything. Uh, normally, if you're new to the show, uh, we usually do a top 25 where I break it down where I think uh, and why I think they are where they are. Now, my top 25 is more of a power ranking. Just because you're undefeated doesn't mean that you get to stay at the number one spot. And just because that you lose a game doesn't mean that you're going to go down a spot. And uh, I'm very, very passionate on that particular uh, instant. And so uh, let's get started with today. Uh, however, we will not be doing the, the top 25 this week. I always do it after week three. I'll actually post it on Twitter uh, right when, uh, right after I post the podcast. So I will be posting it there. I think it's really important to wait uh, for the well, wait for the rankings and everything to come out uh, because you got you got to see where everyone else is thinking. But also, uh, the first couple of weeks with FCS schools, they're playing FBS schools or they're playing you know really high level FCS schools like Dixie State taking on a Weber State. What am I to do with them? Well, I need to see them play someone so then I can get a better indication of, of who they are. So we're going to start off with Utah State against North Dakota. Now this was an absolute uh, wonderful game. North Dakota jumped out 21-7. to uh, uh, Utah State battled back 20 to uh, 21 at halftime, and then uh, North Dakota just scored three points in the second half, while uh, Utah State was able to score four touchdowns. Uh, I don't like when you get touchdowns in the fourth quarter, uh, mainly because it seems like at that point they were, you know, you can make an argument that some of them were garbage time put touchdowns and, and stuff like that. I was not able to watch this game, but I was watching it close on the game tracker. Uh, I also uh, participate in a podcast that covers all high school football games and so I need, I was watching some of that but uh, watching the game cast there so I do like North Dakota I thought that last year when North Dakota uh, was kind of I don't know the voters didn't think they would be very good in the the Missouri Valley Football Conference I always had faith in them I, I was able to see them live and uh, I was happy that they were able to come to Utah again I cannot wait until Dixie State plays them uh, later on as we, as we go forward, uh, there are a lot of other interesting games that I want to jump into. Stony Brook di- did beat Colgate. Uh, I did uh, say I was interested to see where uh, Stony Brook ended up. They won 24-3. to It looks like Colgate is going to have yet another uh, rebuilding season. Now, however... Their league isn't the best, and it looks like they jump into it with Lehigh, Georgetown, and then they have a couple of crossovers with the the Ivy League because it's such a small... 
a small conference in the Patriot League. But it looks like Holy Cross has kind of taken what Colgate used to have. Uh, kind of disappointed there. But also, you know, Stony Brook, uh, now they're in the CAA. I mean, they're in the CAA. Uh, we'll be able to see kind of where they end up uh, lining up there. I was really high on them a couple of years ago. And it seems like they themselves as well have taken a little bit of a step back, but uh, very interesting to see. We also had, and I believe this is how you pronounce, uh, uh, enunciate it, is Duquesne. Uh, here in Utah, we have a county called Duchesne County, spelled the exact same, and uh, even the people in northern Utah call it Duchesne. And so I don't know how you how you call it, but the Dukes, I believe, is, is who they are. Uh, they were able to beat Ohio. Now, Frank Solich, did announce his retirement and he had been at Ohio for a very long time so Ohio is in kind of a rebuilding state after losing their coach and everything anyway the 28 to 26 they were able to have yet another upset the biggest one for me was Merrimack they were able to beat Holy Cross by a score of 35 to 31 they kind of came out of nowhere uh, they beat uh, I believe it was a Division 2's team St. Aslam the first week and I was like okay what am I going to do with that but right now they are rolling uh, the North East Conference, they have some definitely some difficult uh, games coming up, uh, like Duquesne, Sacred Heart, and uh, Central Connecticut State. I think St. Francis can be pesky, and we'll see how they fare as they do that. But be beating Holy Cross uh, and the way they did it, 35-21, to 21, was definitely interesting for Merrimack, and I will be keeping an eye on them. They've definitely put them on the radar for me. Another game that I talked about that I wanted to see where people line up was South Dakota against NAU and maybe I was higher on NAU than what I should have been, but South Dakota absolutely rolls over them, the Yotes uh, with a score of 34-7. to Very interesting, like I said, I think I thought those were two middle-of-the-pack teams in their respective conferences and maybe NAU is slipping further down uh, as we, you know, as we kind of go forward here. Uh, I like to, once when, uh, once when you see these big games, you're able to see how teams respond and uh, NAU definitely kind of laid an egg there. Another game that really stood out, out was James Madison rolling against the Black Bears 55-7. to We're just, again, a couple years removed from Maine coming to Ogden and beating Weaver State. Now that was a, I believe it was one of the longest uh, road trips ever made uh, in the FCS. I remember that that being on ESPN. Uh, the, James Madison put up 55, absolutely routed the Black Bears. It looks like they are in another rebuilding year as well. Well, uh, Maine, I think uh, they do play Merrimack, NIU, and then they'll get into the CAA slate. So we'll definitely see them if they stay middle of the pack where they were in the spring or if they'll drop further down in the CAA. Uh, UC Davis, another game that we talked about last week. UC Davis pounded the Toreros of San Diego 53-7. to UC Davis is on a mission, and I cannot wait to watch them this upcoming week. We'll be definitely doing a Dixie State uh, UC Davis uh, spot. A bunch of people have asked me, well, why do you care so much about Dixie State? Hey, it's my, my alma mater, and it's my show, and I want to talk about them. So there we go. Uh, we'll definitely be getting into their game against Weber State coming up very shortly. Uh, Elon against Campbell. I loved, loved, loved the Camels. We had uh, one of their coaches, uh, Coach Grames, on just a couple years ago uh, because last year they played in the fall, didn't play in the spring. We, we weren't able to bring them on, uh, and I really did. I, I paid a lot of close attention to them. However, they did fall by one point. I do 
do think that Campbell will will make some noise uh, in the Big South. I think uh, you know they do get Monmouth and Kenishaw, Kenishaw, however you pronunciate it. Um, I'm from Utah, so hey, that's just how it is. Um, they do get those two at home, and they are on the road against James Madison. I honestly see this as a three-person race with Gardner Webb just outside of that three. We'll see uh, how it all plays out for the Camels, uh, the Fighting Camels, but uh, definitely kind of a crazy game. It was a minus one. Uh, I don't know why they, they don't release the lines for FCS, but it was a minus one, so it was a push. Exactly um, what they what Vegas had them at. New Hampshire did beat Towson 26-14. to, to 14. New Hampshire is one of those teams where a couple years ago they were kind of down. They've now been able to make a resurgent. They take on Lafayette, and I think they win handedly there and move to 3-0. Uh, the following week, they do go on the road at Pitt, which they could definitely make some noise, and then against JMU. So, uh, kind of in the chase pack of the CAA behind, I mean, I think JMU and Nova, Delaware, some of the, the three big dogs, and then you've got teams like New Hampshire. I think Towson could be considered that. I did think Maine at one point, but anyway, the, the CAA is absolutely crazy, uh, along with Albany as well. Uh, some other games of no, as we're kind of just going down here. SIU gave a very, very close game against Kansas State, and I was really hard on SIU, Southern Illinois, last year because I thought that it was all happenstance, the the reason that they were able to be good. I honestly thought that about Missouri State as well, and we can talk about them a little bit later, but I was like, I, I, you know, it was a COVID year. Uh, the year before, they were good, and I know they were in the first four out, but they didn't really impress me. They're really starting to impress me this year. They're putting up some serious fight, and uh, they, they beat... Uh, Southeast Missouri State, 47-21, put up a game against Kansas State. This is a team that is not going to roll over and is going to make the Missouri Valley Conference, makes them even that much deeper. Uh, Very interested to see how the Saluki season plays out. Rhode Island was able to beat the Great Dane 16-14. to I did like Rhode Island. Again, I had one of their coaches on, uh, Coach Fl- uh, Flanagan, if I remember it was his name. Uh, it was a while ago. It was a couple years ago. We had him on and we, we spoke about um, Rhode Island and then the following year, I believe they only won one or two games. They only won a pair of games and uh, he said that this team was going to be really good. They're looking to build and stuff and they are 2-0. They moved to 2-0 the Rams and, I, and, and Rhode Island I always kind of have a soft spot. Uh, they do take on Brown and where we haven't seen the Ivy League play in so long, I would I would lean to uh, Rhode Island winning that game uh, and then they start into the CAA play just in two weeks against Stony Brook at home. So very interested to see uh, how that team ends up. And uh, like I said, as we kind of go down, I want to talk about... Uh, Montana State, the Montana schools are absolutely rolling. Both had very, very big wins. The Central Arkansas-Missouri State game was phenomenal. It honestly felt like a playoff game. Missouri State inked out the win 37-34. to I can't believe that the line was at 5.5, uh, but it was, and uh, Central Arkansas covered. Missouri State, again, another one of these really interesting teams. They gave Oklahoma State everything they wanted uh, and more. They take on the Yotes this next week as they jump into CAA play, and uh, they 
they're going to be one of these teams that is kind of like uh, SIU, where they were really good last year, uh, but they're really starting to look good this year. Uh, and I'm very interested to see uh, how that game plays out against the Yotes. And then finally, to wrap up, uh, before we get into the Dixie State game, was Northern Iowa did beat down on Sacramento State. Now, Sacramento State was one of those teams that did not participate uh, last spring, and uh, they, they looked all right against Dixie State. Dixie State's defense is phenomenal. Uh, offense is a little stagnant uh, the last little bit, uh, they, but, you know, they still allowed seven points. And uh, I thought it would be a lot closer than this. And uh, I don't know if we're going to get a good read on the Hornets because they go at Cal. Uh, I mean, there's always the possibility of upset, but I would lean towards Cal winning that game. And then they play Idaho State, which is one of, I think, one of the worst teams in the Big Sky. They get Southern Utah, who was towards the bottom of the Big Sky this last year. And so I don't think we're going to really see them until they go on the road against Montana. October uh, 16th and I think that will be a big time game I would honestly lean the Grizz they do take on NAU, UNCO who's been somewhat surprising this year as well and uh, Cal Poly Portland State, UC Davis so I don't think I mean they avoid uh, Montana State they avoid Weaver State they do have to go on the road to Montana, and they have to go on the road to UC Davis. But honestly, Sacramento State could definitely, I mean, if they uh, continue to win, they're going to have to beat one of those teams, though, the Grizz or uh, Davis, to be able to get into the playoffs with that loss against Northern Iowa. Because as you look at Northern Iowa, they have another really interesting schedule as well, just because the uh, MVFC is so deep. I mean, what are you going to do with Illinois State, SIU, Missouri State, South Dakota State? Uh, even South Dakota is a good team, uh, and in any other conference would be really top-notch. So very interesting. Uh, that's kind of the wrap-up. And then I want to finish off with um, what I was able to do. I went Saturday night. My wife and I went over to Greater Zion Stadium here in St. George, Utah. And for those of you who follow the show a lot, uh, you know, we had Coach Hammer on, who's now the offensive coordinator from Weimar State. We had uh, Coach... Uh, Jay Hill, the head coach, he's a close family friend. And uh, then we also had uh, yeah, Coach Peterson uh, last year as, as we talked about uh, Dixie State moving to D1. And uh, and it's my alma mater, of course. I got to go and support the Trailblazers. And it was amazing to see again. Uh, they did an awesome 9-11 tribute. We had uh, a flyover, which if you guys don't know where St. George is, we're in the bottom southwest corner of Utah, just a couple hours from Vegas. Uh, and I where I grew up in the Ogden area, I heard jets all the time because of Hill Air Force Base. They actually came from Hill Air Force Base, not Nellis from Nevada, but they came down uh, all the way down from, from uh, Layton, Utah, Passover. It was amazing tribute, and uh, it was amazing to see the amount of people that were out there. Uh, when I started going to Dixie State, when I, when I applied, uh, I mean, I think they were still using the DSC letterhead. Um, if you guys don't know the history of Dixie State, definitely go look it up. It's very interesting. Uh, they moved to university and uh, very interesting there uh, and uh, they have the what would that be the the west side bleachers are cement and uh, when I started going and 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 it was actually kind of funny and I don't know if they still do it but um, you would get points if you showed up to certain events uh, they had like an app for students if you went to a soccer game if you went to a football game you would check in and you kind of had this leaderboard and you could 
turn those points into stuff at the bookstore or I believe I think there were even food options you could turn in at the cafeteria or whatever and uh, it was completely different I, I think they they went away from it but uh, most of the time there was uh, maybe two or three rows of students maybe we get a few more out for the bigger division two teams that we played like Colorado School of Mines or whatever and uh, and so for me, it almost gave me the chills. The entire student section all the way to the top on that west side bleachers were full. Uh, the entire I felt like the entire town of St. George was down here. We I believe there was uh, almost a 9,000 uh, people at, in attendance. Now, I, love the, I know there were a lot of uh, Weber State fans because Dixie State for so long was just a two-year college. A lot of people would go to Dixie State for two years and then uh, go on to Utah, BYU, uh, Weber State, Utah State, wherever they went. So a lot of people down here have ties to both uh and or suu as well um you know my wife went to suu so she has ties there for example anyway it was amazing to see the amount of support that the community had and uh, it was amazing it was really loud uh weaver state i honestly felt felt like they played very generic and you're gonna say well why would they play generic well because they're taking on jmu this next week i don't think they wanted to show any kind of cards uh they were the far superior team weaver state is really good and uh, in the second half it felt like they really kind of hit a different gear like i said dixie state at times and and maybe this is a, a uh, you know, a vindication of the spread, but there were times where I felt like our offense wasn't on the field for very long. We go three and out, but we were doing a hurry-up offense. It felt like we only had one or two minutes of possession, and it was like, oh my goodness, Weaver State was out there for 15 minutes as they marched up and down the field, and um, so it was very interesting uh, to watch that and to see that. Uh, Weaver State, like I said, kind of uh, poured it on in the second half going up. It was 41-3. to uh, I thought Dixie State could have scored a couple of touchdowns. They had one time where, uh, well, even on the three points, they had they were right there on the end zone, and the guy it went through his hands ended up dropping it. So it really should have been seven points. And then they had an interception. Uh, I believe it was on, like, the... 12 yard line and they threw it threw it up uh, Cody Will said threw it up and threw an interception uh, which gave Weaver State the ball back but you know it was really interesting and this is exactly what I wanted to see from Dixie State and I think it was the great a great move uh, they were independent last year now that the WAC is an official uh, conference they're uh, going to uh, they're doing like the WAC uh what is it? The WAC A Sun Challenge or something? There's some kind of a thing where they'll get the A uh, uh, automatic qualifier from one of those conferences. And uh, very interesting as we go forward. I uh, love to talk about Dixie State, but uh, we, you know, I was I think that was the the best welcome to the to Division One that we've had. And uh, it was my first game back uh, uh, the, since the last time was actually uh, when I went in person was a Weber State game where they beat Montana and it was snowing and you couldn't get farther from uh, the conditions of that game than 100 degrees in beautiful and sunny St. George, Utah. So now we're going to go through again. Now at this time, normally, um, at, you know, starting next week, we will be releasing our top 25, starting at 25 and ending at one. Uh, right now, we're just going to talk about a couple of games going forward. Again, I want to give you the reason. I think I've already reiterated it in other podcasts and even in this podcast, but I just want to see these teams. Um, I, I believe there is a theory out 
that says, and, and maybe this is a theory that I've heard, or maybe, you know, I've, I've heard it in passing, but it's better to get it right than be the first to do it, right? And uh, and I know that the voters uh, over at the FCS, they, they have to put out a top 25, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But year in and year out, I see, you know, like Nebraska last year was, was ranked in the top 25. I didn't think they were a top 25 team. And so preseason rankings in the first couple weeks, it's so hard because you're like, um, how am I going to say that Duquesne, how do I measure that Duquesne win over Ohio? I need to see them play other FCS teams. And so, uh, you know, after the week three, I think I have a little bit uh, better of, a, of an idea. I would like to wait till week four, but a lot of people do like the top 25 rankings. And so let's jump into this next week. We've kind of already talked about the Merrimack against Maine. It is at home. I'm definitely going to be turning in, tuning into that one. If Merrimack is able to get this win, that would move them to three and zero, and then up against a, a an all right Delaware State team. But very interested to see there. I I do have a soft spot for Maine. Again, I, we did have uh, one of their coaches on, and we interviewed them. They played some two of the best teams in the CAA. This, the, the first two weeks. So it is going to be uh, very interesting to see them up against a team that is probably more their speed. However, Merrimack did beat Holy Cross, so maybe they're on the rise, but I definitely want to tune into that game and be watching that and uh, very excited to see who pulls out that one on top. I'm excited to see the Ivy League. There's not one game in particular, but I'm excited to see Princeton, Dartmouth, Harvard, Brown, Cornell, all these teams that we haven't seen in so long. I think think is going to be really fun to watch. Now, again, I keep on talking about San Diego, uh, the University of San Diego. Maybe it's because I just I just love San Diego. It's a wonderful uh, American city. They lost to Pauly. They lost to Davis. They're taking on Montana State, and uh, I think they lose this game. They have to go to Montana. I think it's going to be very difficult. Uh, but uh, to the extent of what San Diego lost to Davis was was really mind-boggling. And even Cal Poly. I thought Cal Poly was good, and I know that um, they're going to be on the rise. We need to be watching out for them, and probably uh, next year or the, the year after that, within the next couple years. But uh, for a team to be utterly beaten down the way they were was very surprising. So I want to see where they bounce back to. Uh, another t- game that's probably not going to get a lot of buzz, uh, but it's very interesting just due to how close these teams are, Uh, but Rutgers and Delaware. Now, Rutgers over the last couple years has been uh, improving. They're under Greg Schiano now, but I want to see what Delaware is capable of. I think this is uh, a really good test for the Blue Hens. And I honestly think that Delaware will give JMU a run for their money. They get them at home. Uh, it's after a Stony Brook game, which I think they're going to be able to take care of. And then they have Dixie State after. So there's no reason why not to completely turn up for that game. I'm going to be very interested. They do kind of hit a rough slate. Uh, they play the Great Dames of Albany, Rhode Island Rams, and Stony Brook after that. And so they kind of have a couple of close games. And, but I'm very interested to see how they respond to a really good, uh, well, a better Big Ten team, and uh, maybe we could get a little bit of uh, Appalachian State magic there. Another game that I think is going to be a game I'll be tuning into over on Flow Sports is Villanova against Richmond. Now, Villanova was down a little bit uh, this last uh, spring, uh, but it looks like they've kind of hit their stride once again. They did beat Lehigh and Bucknell. Not two great teams, but they are uh, teams nonetheless. It was the way they beat them. They've only allowed six points, 
And the Spiders of Richmond uh, have been impressive as well, getting wins against Howard and Lehigh. So 38-14 to and 31-3. to So we're kind of getting two pretty good teams. And teams... I mean, I think Villanova, uh, Delaware, and uh, JMU are all playoff teams. So I think Richmond or in Albany, Rhode Island, uh, those teams in those kind of intermediate levels, UNH, uh, New Hampshire there, these are going to be the games that they need to win. And if they can upset a big-time game against Villanova, uh, that will bode very, very well by the committee standard uh, a little bit later in the season. So that's going to be a really fun game uh, to look forward to. And definitely tune in if you have Flow Sports. Uh, another team, now I've talked a lot about Dixie State and Tarleton State because they are out in the whack, but St. Thomas has moved up to the FCS ranks. Uh, they have their first, I honestly, their first real test against uh, UNI. And if I remember correctly, uh, they were like, I believe it was a Division Three. I don't even think they were a Division Two. I could be wrong on that. Maybe they were a Division Two team. They are in the Pioneer League, and uh, they, this is their first test. They beat Michigan Tech last week 12-9, which I don't know if Michigan Tech is good. Uh, I've never heard of them before. So uh, 12 to 9 is a really weird football score. I almost thought it was a baseball score, but I want to see how they respond against a top level talent like Northern Iowa. Uh, very interested in that game. Uh, and then uh, we'll save the Weaver State game again till kind of the end. Another team, uh, just like I, I mentioned, Tarleton State against uh, SUU, Southern Utah. Southern Utah has played two incredible teams uh, of San Jose State, who was the Mountain West winners last year, and Arizona State. They do take on the Texans in Tarleton at Tarleton State. And uh, Tarleton State was like one of the, the teams that moved up with Dixie in the WAC. These are future WAC opponents. I guess they are in the WAC, but they're, they're transitioned. Uh, soon, Tarleton did lose to Stephen F. Austin, but then beat Fort Lewis, who is a D D2 team. Uh, they take on SUU this week, and I think this is quite possibly the best uh, opponent that they've faced in their short D1 uh, tenure. Obviously, the Lumberjacks would have been, I believe, before. I, I can't remember everyone they played in spring. Well, they did play Dixie State twice in the spring. Oh, and they played New Mexico State, which was an FBS team. Uh, but I think I kind of consider New Mexico State on that uh, fringe FBF, FCS level. And then after, they take on New Mexico Highlands and then Eastern Kentucky, and followed by my alma mater, Dixie State. Uh, also, SUU, we've had Coach Demario Warren on, and uh, we, you know, the head coach there. Uh, my wife is, is an alum of SUU. And so definitely anytime that they're on, my wife always likes to throw it on the TV. A team that I did not talk about, and for uh, for other reasons, um, not that I don't like this team, but uh, the 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 Jacksonville State uh, Gamecocks they lost to UAB zero to thirty one, come back and beat Florida State. Now Florida State a couple years ago they had them on the ropes again, so it was nice to see that they won. So many people talked about it, and I kind of I agree with everything that was said, so I didn't really want to give my opinion on that win. It was luck they were able to do it in Tallahassee, and that is just phenomenal. They take on northern uh, north alabama the lions there and north alabama is kind of a up and down team i think that jacksonville state wins that game as they get ready for ut martin which i cannot wait to watch that game i believe i watched it last year when they took them on uh, on espn plus and uh, i was i was amazed finally we'll just wrap up with the cal poly uh, south dakota game uh, both teams are one and one cal poly took on fresno state and lost last week obviously um south dakota beat uh 
NAU, as we talked about in the first hour. I think that Cal Poly is on the rise. I don't think they're ready yet, and they are about to go through uh, quite possibly outside of Dixie State, who has an incredible schedule on their own, but this might be one of the hardest stretches at Montana, home against Weaver State, at Montana State, home against UC Davis, and then uh, they get a kind of a reprieve against Portland State, who is a, who is an all right but middle of the pack Big Sky team, uh, and then Sacramento State and finish up with Idaho State and NAU. I think they win those last two games. I think it will be a good game against Portland State and a very interesting game against Sacramento State. But uh, this is an absolute gauntlet. So if you want to get a win um, or really get it, I think that they need they need a go big against South Dakota. They're on they're at home, so they don't have to be on the road. This is the first game at home played. I uh, I don't remember if they played the last year at home at all. I know they had a couple games. I don't know if they were playing at home. But this will be the first time really I believe fans are going to be back there. Um, the Mustang faithful are going to turn up. And I do like South Dakota. Um, don't get me wrong, I think it's uh, they're a, a really good team. We'll see really where these te- these teams uh, where their guts lie. Like I said against NAU, I now moved them down. Now, now, if Cal Poly gives a better game, now I know that Cal Poly is better than NAU. But this absolute gauntlet, like I said, at Montana, home against Weber State, at Montana State, at UC Davis, I think those are the top four teams in the big sky. Uh, and, quite, and you could make an argument, maybe some of the top four teams in the country. Obviously not. You got uh, you know JMU and North Dakota State. But if we're going to say top ten, uh, I would definitely say all four of those teams would definitely get looked at. Um, like I said, uh, this is going to be a really interesting game. Uh, I would really wish that we had the betting lines. It doesn't look like they've released them yet, or they're uh, not here that I can I can talk about. But uh, I believe it's going to be a close game. If I had to set a line on that game, it would definitely be within three points. I would lean Cal Poly because they're at home. But we'll see if they can make some magic. And then finally, we're going to be wrapping up with Dixie State against UC Davis. Uh, I do love my Trailblazers, and it'll be very interesting to see if they can slow down uh, this UC Davis offense. They are a high-flying team. They put up some serious uh, yards and points. 53 points against San Diego, who's a really good team. And they were even able to beat Tulsa just two weeks ago, and we talked about that. like I said, these, this team is very efficient over the last two games. They've been very efficient on third down. Uh, they threw for almost, or they had almost 400 yards of total offense against uh, Tulsa, who is not no slouch of a team. I think they're a really good AAC team, uh, BND one. Uh, but they do take on Weaver uh, on uh, Dixie State. Now, the only thing that worries me, if I was a Davis fan, is that Dixie State has a really good defense. Their offense has yet to really explode or or get the rhythm right because they've only scored uh, 10 points over two games. It's just five points a game. Uh, but if you're UC Davis, you do not want to be peeking your head around the corner to that game at Weaver State in just two weeks. I think that uh, UC Davis handles business in the first half. If I had to guess, it would probably have the halftime score, I'd say, would be 28-7. to seven, And then uh, they'll put in the backups. I think it would end up, uh, if I had to guess the score, 56-14. to 14. But it will be interesting to see if Dixie State can have a little bit of magic out there in Davis. My brother and I were uh, thinking about uh, going out there, uh, but... Uh, we decided to stay home. We're going to be watching it. Uh, it will, um, I believe, the whack and, and stuff. Hopefully, we can find it on a stream. Uh, it is an 8 o'clock start uh, in, in Utah, which means it's a 7 o'clock start out in California. But definitely don't want to get your head, uh, you know, kind of looking around the corner against Weaver State. And it's good for Weaver State because they take on JMU this week, and that's another game that we'll be talking about. Uh, 
I was going to make the trek up there, but just uh, some things are keeping me here in southern Utah this week. I definitely want to get up to August and see a game. I love uh, Stewart Stadium up there. It's one of the prettiest, uh, you know, prettiest stadiums that I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of college football games. It's set up on top of the mountains. You got Ben Lomond Peak right behind you. You can see the entire Ogden Valley uh, in Weaver County there uh, in northern Utah. I was going to go up there. It looks like it might be a rainy game, which will be very interesting uh, for JMU because they are a high-flying offense, but they also can pound it as well. if conditions are like that, I think you expect a lot of running. Uh, I don't believe Josh Davis played in the Dixie State game. They played Shah- uh, Rahid Shahid for a little bit. Uh, Bronson Barron did do something to his ACL. Coach Hill did not elaborate it in the in, uh, in the post-game press conference. Just said that he didn't have any timetable. However, the backup quarterback was the one that came in against NAU and beat them on a Hail Mary this last uh, spring. So definitely they've got a very competent backup. I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, but he's a great backup, and uh, it will be interesting to see as far as that goes. I mean, we're talking about what I would consider a top 10 matchup. Uh, a couple years ago, I believe you would even say a top 5 matchup, uh, but last year, Dick, uh, Weaver State struggled against uh, SIU, so I've kind of moved him down a little bit, uh, but we'll see where JMU lands up, lines up, uh, and uh, a team that has had a ton of success uh, over a, lo- a long period of time uh, in college football, so very exciting for those games we'll be tuning in and turning up for those games I know that my parents will be in attendance I believe even my uh, aunts and uncles are going there um, grandma and grandpa I mean everyone's going uh, I, I assume that uh, Stewart Stadium will be sold out and and just real quick this is a huge huge shout out to Jay Hill and uh, what is it Kurt Signetti I believe is his name the coach over there uh, and the athletic department for getting this game um so many times, and and I don't want to to bag on teams, and and maybe it's because I'm over here, I'm you know live in St. George, and I see Dixie State playing such a tough schedule, but I love it when teams are willing to schedule these games. Someone's going to win this game, uh, JMU or Weber State, when one team's going to have a loss, and uh, and people are scared of having a loss in the column because you have you know bonuses and incentives, and you have a committee that is looking at every single game, but I cannot think of a better way to really see, uh, to see two top teams compete. And I think that's what college football is lacking. Uh, I love the FBS as well, uh, but I think that uh, at times, they're almost more preoccupied with winning, which you should be, but but uh, to, they got to understand that this is also an entertainment sport. I, as much as um, you know, people talk about Bama and stuff, they did schedule uh, Miami. It was a was a, a, a at a what an alternative site or whatever. Uh, but you know they did schedule them. Uh, Michigan scheduled uh, Washington. It is so much better watching those games. And I know that Michigan rolled, but it was so much better watching those games versus watching you know Alabama play Mercer. Now Mercer was able to score a couple points. I'm not taking anything away from that. And I know that a lot of FCS fans are like, you know what? We'll take the money from the big universities, and I don't care. Whatever uh, this, that, and the other. 
for me, I want to see good quality college football. And I understand you got to have maybe one uh, cupcake or one team you just know you're going to destroy on your schedule. Uh, but I also like bringing in these big schools. What I don't like is seeing, you know, three or four teams that you know you're better than, but is going to act like you're good. And uh, I don't even I don't even know if I can think of an example, but a team that you're like, okay. We can beat this team, and we'll make ourselves look good because they're middle to bottom of, the, of their conference, uh, but we're going to do that. And I think a lot of times they do that. Uh, I mean, like Weaver State, they played the University of Utah. They did play Dixie State. And you might say, well, Dixie State's moving up from D2. That was kind of a patty cake or whatever. But honestly, I think we're trying to get in-state rivals, so kind of pardon that. But then they're turning up against JMU. And then uh, they have an absolute gauntlet in the big sky to, to go for. So good on Jam, JMU and Weaver State for scheduling this. I would love to see more games like this. I would love to see North Dakota State take on a Montana State Uh and I understand that you play in, in, in big-time conferences, but these are the games that we want to see. And uh, that's that's just my opinion. And uh, I lo- love the f- philosophy. Not everyone feels the same way, but that's how I feel. Alrighty, so this has been another uh, edition of Get the Ball Rolling as we were uh, on the beautiful uh, September day here in Southern Utah. Uh, thank you for, for being a part of your day, making us a part of your day. We are continuing to grow exponentially. It is amazing to me the amount of support that we've gotten over the last couple years like I said uh, I've said this multiple times I cannot wait to get back to interviewing the coaches what we were able to do and what makes this podcast so unique Uh, it's just during the season it's very hard to get interviews and stuff as the coaches are very busy people and so hopefully in the off season we'll get back to that but I'll continue to provide commentary on the FCS season and again, the, the the first couple episodes of the season are not as good as the ending episodes because I need to see. I want to see with my own eyes. Uh, again, I don't like making just absolute crazy predictions when it's like I need to see them play. I did say that I thought that Delaware uh, could make could give JMU a run for their money. I think Monmouth uh, can win the Big South. Now those aren't crazy uh, assertions, but they are they they're there nonetheless. And and those are some of my predictions, I guess uh, you could say. I believe that, uh, I, I mean, I love the FCS and uh, I love, you know, everything that I've been able to accomplish through it. And we'll continue to grow this podcast uh, the best that we can. But we're getting absolute a ton of love and a ton of support as we go throughout the season. And then uh, we'll be obviously filling out the bracket as we do. We did really well last year. Uh, you know, I believe our only loss in the first round. Well, I did take Monmouth, but uh, I do like the betting lines as well. Uh, usually they release betting lines a little bit earlier, and I don't know why. I always do it on Wednesday because they usually have the betting lines out, but uh, maybe as we get more into conference play, they'll have them, uh, or they're not as hard to find and stuff like that because I think it's very interesting. You can say that uh, you know uh, UC Davis is going to beat Dixie, but uh, uh, what line uh, do you have a minus 28? Are you going to take the, the underdog to cover and stuff like that. I really like uh, sports betting and uh, how far it's come in the United States. Anyway, so be sure to continue to listen and uh, we love all of your comment and feedback. Uh, for We'll be releasing our Top 25 next episode and it will also be on Twitter if you follow at GetRolling19 or search my name, Tyler Fessler there. Uh, we're th- we'll be happy to, uh, to send you a like and uh, you know give you a thumbs up or whatever uh, as we go on and you can tell me about how, how much I miss on my rankings or how much I got close but this will be our last episode without them and then we'll be bringing them on alrighty I hope you guys have a wonderful wonderful week and let's keep the ball rolling